award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We're glad you're tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Got a fun show for you today. We are back in studio. Uh, got Mr. Don King helping me co-host. Yes, sir, Jason. Good to be back. Yeah, it's good to be back in studio here. And today we have special guest on Zoom. So uh, uh, introduce those folks. Andrea White, she's the ACA Tennessee State Director, and Joff Luckett, uh, he's a, a Tennessee kayak angler, board member of TSRA, and a lot of other things. And we'll let those folks introduce themselves today. But it's going to be a fun conversation on paddle sports and paddle yeah. uh, fishing, fishing from kayaks or canoes or that kind of that kind of fun you stuff. You bet. So you bet. I'm excited to have them, guys. Thank you for coming. Hey, thank you Thanks so much for having us, Jason. Um, Andrea reached out to me. She's been on the show before. Yep. Uh, we had her back. I don't know, it's almost probably been two years now, a year and a half, something like that, but uh, she was on. We always have a good time. Yeah, this is a great place to be. <laughs> but uh, she came on, we talked paddle sports, and, and I think Betsy joined us that day. Yes, Betsy, Betsy Woods. Yeah, she's our education, uh, boating education coordinator uh -huh. here at, at the Wildlife Agency. So um, anyway, that was a good day, but uh, glad to have you guys here. Andrea, introduce yourself, and then we'll move over to, to Joff. Sure, sure. So, so guys, uh, I'm I'm a Nashville girl, uh, born and raised, and and I came to all of this. I used to be a board member for the Tennessee Scenic Rivers Association, but now I work at the state level. I'm the the state director for the American Canoe Association, which means I work with nine paddling clubs statewide, and all their leaders. There are two outdoor schools. And I work with all the certified paddling instructors and rescue instructors and paddle sports across the state. Um, and we really try to represent the paddlers uh, on Capitol Hill, uh, both for access issues and when we want to advocate to get protections for a river. Um, we do a lot of training to try to make sure that the paddlers out there are as safe as possible and are able to advance in the sport and, and have as much fun as they possibly can carving the water. Um, and today I'm so excited to be able to bring my friend Joff with me. Um, Joff won't tell you this, but he's the only certified ACA kayak fishing instructor east of the Mississippi. And so <laughs> wow. he at not not only is he the founder of Tennessee Kayak Anglers, which is 8,000 members strong. Wow. Uh, but he's just an incredible paddling instructor and kayak fishing instructor. And we're so lucky to have him here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Joff, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, give us a few more details. Andrea had a good introduction. Sure. There. <clears throat> kind of hard to follow that up. <laughs> um, I'm also from Tennessee. I spent the first 15 years of my life in East Tennessee. And then I spent about 15 years in Central Florida. And then I've been back to Middle Tennessee for the last 17. Um, I started paddling and fishing in Central Florida. Okay. Paddling was just a way to get off the bank. So I didn't have a whole lot of paddling experience or instruction. And then when we moved back up here, um, I realized I wanted to learn to paddle as much as I wanted to fish. I have as much fun paddling as I do fishing. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got into figuring out the right ways to paddle and the right strokes and, and all of that. And then I'm a teacher by trade. So it kind of naturally lends itself to getting certified to teach paddling and fishing. So that's how I got to where I am. That's cool. That's cool. I, I couldn't see uh, paddling without fishing. I love to fish. Oh, so I'd I have to it. have a rod with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, so, and, and that's, and how it, that's how it started for me. And then once you, especially in Florida, it was all about fishing and the, the 
boat was just a way to not be standing on the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and down there, you know, there's all those little bitty ponds, and they call them lakes, but all these little <laughs> bitty bodies of water that you just want to get to the middle of. Um, but then when you get here and realize, you know, if you're paddling a long distance, it can make a difference <laughs> in yeah, your day if definitely. you know how to do it correctly. So Definitely, definitely. And it can wear you out, too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh. Well, and, and I'm a river kayaking instructor as well. Um, my, I am not a, a, a fisherwoman. Uh, I, I don't claim to know the fishes, <laughs> but 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 I have lots of respect for my buddy and all and all his friends <laughs> and the things that I don't know how to do. Yeah. Uh, but I dabble in a little bit of white water. I've dabbled in a little bit of ocean kayaking. Um, my claim to fame in Middle Tennessee is that I helped to bring the rescue training. Uh, that we do so prolifically on the whitewater rivers in East Tennessee Mm. to the beginner paddlers on the lakes and class one rivers in middle Tennessee. And we did that about five years ago and sold out those classes three times a summer for four years. And then of course COVID hit and now we're trying to regroup, but those classes made such an incredible difference in the safety consciousness of our, of our um, recreational paddlers across middle Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's important to be safe out there. Uh, it's uh, it can get dangerous for sure. Uh, it's not white water in Middle Tennessee a lot of times, but but you never know what can happen. It can be deceptive, mm-hmm. you know, especially well, for, the data, for newcomers. The data tells us that the most paddling accidents happen on Class One water or less. Mm. Um, yeah, and it, people get complacent in slow moving rivers or lakes. You know, you look, you look at the Okoe River and you realize it's dangerous. Yeah. The minute you look at it. Mm-hmm. it you know, it's, it's not a jump to think, ooh, I need to know what I'm doing before I get in there. Right. But you look at the Caney Fork River when they're not generating and it doesn't look so dangerous, but it can be just, just as dangerous, you know, as that class four river if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And, and Joff, you told me something about the Caney that I had not realized. You were telling me that when they replaced the generators a couple of years ago, that they put more efficient generators in. So if you paddled it two or three years ago and you're used to what two generators of water yeah. feels like, that it's a whole lot more water now than it used to be. Yeah, they can push more water with the generators than they used to. So it, it can be and it can it can catch you off guard for sure. Yeah. Um, especially when they're generating with two. I- I know the you Smith think, County. When there's yeah. one, it can't be that much different with two, but it's a big difference. You know, it can be a big difference. Yeah. I know the Smith County Rescue Squad said that they they did I think almost 30 swift water rescues last last year on that class one section of the Caney down below the dam. Mm. Yes. Mm. Well, fishing below any dam can be dangerous. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's uh it's crazy. I I saw a video of the day of just the waters boiling below Cordell Hall, and that you know it you right. got to be careful. Well, along those same lines, uh, you know, we're always trying to be number one in Tennessee and, and all, but uh, <laughs> I guess we've been number one or tied for number one, right, Andrea, uh, yes. with with a, a neighboring state. Tell us a little bit about about that stat. Yeah, this in this particular case, being number one is a little troubling. Right. Um, you know, it, one of the good things that's come out of the pandemic is that there's more people coming into our sport, and we certainly welcome them with open arms. Uh, there's been this huge popularity in paddling, uh, and and we want to welcome them to the family and get them trained up and, and have paddle buddies that want to go with them and, and do it right and have the best time possible. Uh, but what it has also meant is that there, it's changed the trajectory of the fatalities in, in the country so that whereas normally 
the state with the most river-related paddling fatalities will be out west somewhere. It'll be California. It'll be Colorado. It'll be a state with big destination whitewater paddling. Right, right. Um, and what's happened instead is it's the, the Tennessee and Arkansas for 2020 are tied for number one in river related paddling fatalities mm. and it and you know the vast majority six of those fatalities last year happened on class one waterways um it, it's really disconcerting that the you know the duck river that the you know the richland creek in pulaski mm. uh the you know the caney fork that the little pond in monterey these are the places where people died last year and and it's just really disconcerting because it's not some big rapid on the Ekoe that's tripping people up for the most part. Right. It's things like wearing a life jacket. It's things like being dressed for cold water. Uh, it's things like not going over a low head dam, knowing mm. your waterway. Um, there's some really simple things, and we want to do whatever we can to, to inform folks and give them, you know, if we can give you a half day of training or one day of training and we can change your whole life and you'll have that much more fun at them in the process. Right. I mean, that seems like a win-win to me. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's some, like, simple tricks. You know, if you've been fishing out of a kayak for years, there's, there's some simple tricks that somebody can show or tell you about that will change your life. Um, it's just stuff you haven't thought about. It's like getting in, like, getting I out. I believe I haven't thought of this. You know, and it'll change your day fishing um, and make it safer and make it more fun. Well, I'd like for you to hit on those few points if you don't care to, to give away some of those today. But I also want to go back to Adrian. The Do you think that number – was on the rise and and tied for with Arkansas because we had our outdoors open in 2020. I mean, during the COVID time, people are experiencing some maybe some things they didn't get to do or maybe they haven't ever done. And and since the outdoors are open, we're going to get out there and get us a kayak from Walmart and jump in the water. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's it's one of the silver linings from COVID, right? Is that we all rediscovered the outdoors, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's a good thing. We love that. But but please, you know, join the paddling club. Join a group of safety conscious people. Take ha- a half day class. Um, you know, I'll I'll point you to classes all over the state, <laughs> and 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 you'll make some friends, and you'll learn some skills, and and you know. When people when people get in on a motorcycle and they carve around the curves and they have such a good time, I mean, there's ways to do that in a kayak too, mm. and and we can teach you those skills and you'll have more fun. Not only is it a matter of recognizing the hazards, it's a matter of recognizing the opportunities to have a good time. Yeah, 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 I, uh, yeah. Like you said, it. I think it'd be awesome to to know and be able to do it well and, and do it safe. You know. Absolutely. Um, so, and make some friends. Yeah, for sure. So, Joe, would you could you could you give us a few tips? Would you give those away? Even though we're not signed up for the class right now, can you give us sure. a few tips on? <laughs> so, a a big thing in Middle Tennessee for sure is being on lakes, fishing on lakes in your kayak, and there is a constant kind of friction between boaters and kayakers huh. about the use of water and being seen. And if, if you've only ever been in a kayak and you've never been in a, in a big, fast boat, sometimes you don't realize how hard it is to actually see someone in a kayak on the water. Sure. Um, so when I get in the lake, I actually have the brightest orange shirt you could ever find. I found it at Goodwill and it hurt my eyes. 
<laughs> and I bought it. Now, Orange, like wait, wait. Lake. You're, you're talking right down uh, Jason's alley. You're a Tennessee there, fan, yeah. right? He's, he's good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this is not Tennessee orange. Okay. This is like neon bright, like it hurts your eyes. On. But at Look, least it's orange, right? <laughs> see me out there, Orange. Yeah, yeah, right. Yes. And then, so I, I always have that on in the lake. And I also use a flag. Um, and a lot of the kayak flags are not very tall. They're like three feet tall. And last year, I talked to two different boat captains that take out charters, and they mentioned that the flags, they're not tall enough. Mm. So this summer, I've bought one of the bicycle flags. It's like six foot tall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's and orange it's as well. to a rod holder. <laughs> and so, it, you know, it's up there six feet in the air, blowing in the wind. The last kayak I bought is lime green. So I'm in a lime green kayak, <laughs> a bright orange shirt. I have an orange life vest and a flag six feet in the air. So there's no reason that a boater should not be able to see me. Right, right. Um, but, you know, a lot of kayaks, they're camouflage or they're blue or they're green. Um, and most outdoors people are attracted to those, you know, not the bright colored ones. That we like the, And I've had them. I've had camo boats. Yeah. Um, but you just don't realize how how much that can change. If someone sees you sooner, then they're not going to zoom up on you or get so close or, you know, run into a, 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 an easy accident. Sure. And, and ladies, uh, I'll speak for the ladies here. Um, I, I know that we all like to wear slimming black. <laughs> and, and, and particularly if you're out at the lake and, you know, you're, you, you know, we want to look nice. We want to look sure. all slim and whatnot. Yeah. But but when that black is underwater, it's hard to dig you out. <laughs> yeah. And so if you're wearing brighter colors, it's easier for somebody to find you if you're in trouble and pull you out of the water. Mm. Good point. So, so one of the biggest colors, tips. Yeah. One of the biggest tips anybody that does anything with paddling will tell you is to always, 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 when you're in a paddle craft, have your PFD on. Yep. Yes. Um, in Tennessee, the law is to have it with you on the kayak. However, fishing kayaks are so stable. If I fall out of the kayak, it's because something has happened. Hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I've passed out from heat stroke. I've, I've been overtaken by a wake, a boat wake. You know, I've been hit. Um, or something's happened. So the chances of me being able to get to my boat, find the PFD, get it on my body, is slim to none. Right. So you really have to have it on. Um, so, so the advice there is to spend a little money, buy a comfortable PFD that fits you well, that has all the pockets you need as a fisherman. You can, you can have all the stuff you need. Sure. Um, hey, I like pockets too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got your snacks in there. You, you got your, you got a place for your phone. I mean, a lot of PFDs now have pockets made the exact, the exact size of an iPhone. And that's not an accident. Yeah. And the inside of that pocket is actually cushioned. So it's like a nice little safe place for your, for your phone. Um, but it's really important that if you're in a paddle craft, you're wearing your PFD, not right. just have it with you. Right. And it's something to think about, too, is that the inflatables. I mean, people like the inflatables. Uh, maybe they're better for the tan lines and whatnot. But, uh, you know, if you don't wear that in the boat, it's not considered a life jacket in the boat, right. if I'm not mistaken. Right. You have to wear an inflatable for it to be counted as a, as a life jacket in the boat. But I like the idea of just wearing it all the time, no matter which one you got. Uh, yeah. Just keep it well, on. And, and the same is true for the paddle boarders with the waist belts. Gotcha. Uh, if you don't have it on, that doesn't count as, as a life jacket. Uh, you can't just have that on your board. You have to have it on. So, and I have trust issues. So those self-inflatable mm -hmm. things <laughs> you never know. scare me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the ones that I know are already open and are going to float my body. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, 
I, I mean, I'm sure, you know, they're they're perfectly safe because they're approved. But I just I have issues with the self inflatable. Um, and you can get a comfortable PFD. Like I wear mine. I fish year round, winter, summer. You know, 100 degrees. I'll be out there, and Mine's so comfortable. Sometimes I'm halfway home and realize I still have my PFD on. I have huh. to stop and take it off. I do the same thing. I've caught myself at the gas station on the way home, still wearing my PFD. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, you know it just becomes a habit. Like putting your seatbelt on. You know, you like just get used to that. On, yes. You just do it without even thinking. That's great. Yeah. Well, since we're on the on the line of tips here, I'm going to try to do my magic on the screen, Todd. Um, I want to pull up a page. It didn't work. Let's see what we got here. I want to pull up a page on our website. There we go. That shows a PDF of of all the things that you need uh, for for boating and, and things like that for for paddle sports in Tennessee. Um, you know, we've we've mentioned the life jackets. Wear uh, an approved uh, wearable life jacket. It must be one. You know, you don't have to wear it, but like we said, it's it's important. You probably should just go ahead and put it on. It's much better to have it on than to have it floating in the water next to you when you flip it over. Uh, but you at least got to have one in the boat. Um, and then, uh, what's the age, Don? Is it 13? 13 and, and older must wear a life jacket all the time when a, when a paddle sport or boat, kayak, whatever's underway. So uh, make sure those kids have them on for sure. Um, Andrea and, and, and Joff, I know you can't see this, but, you know, life jackets, uh, it's important. We've, we've hit that point. Uh, the light, uh, Joff, you mentioned the light uh, on a kayak. You have to have lights, or, or, or you mentioned being seen, but I thought about the lights. You got to have the light on there if you're fishing at night or at dusk, after sunset, yes, or during times. So of it's almost like the visibility. anchor light on a power vessel. It yeah. needs to be 360 degree view. Um, and I would also another tip that's not required, but it's good is to have a a high lumen um, flashlight you can get to quickly. Okay, oh, right. And if you see a, if you're fishing at night and you see a boat coming in pretty fast. Um, you can blink that high lumen light two or three times. Right. And so they might not see your anchor light, but they will, if they see that light flash two or three times out in the middle of the water, they're going to automatically slow down because they don't know what it is. Sure. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of paddlers that like to do sunset paddles or full moon paddles uh, will wear like one of those high lumen headlamps. Uh-huh. Um, so that it's, they can flash that, you know, with one little quick button push, it's already on their head uh, and they can flash that if they need to at night. And it's great for tying lures on, you know, if you're out there. Yes. <laughs> it, brings, it brings the bugs in, so you got to do it fast. Well, that's I mean, true. Well, you can do the red light. You got to tie no. it up fast, turn it off. <laughs> no, you've got to have that white light. Uh, the white now, light. Now, I will say another tip Jeff, Joff taught me. I learned a lot from Joff. Um, it, one of the things that's very trendy right now in the fishing kayaks is to put the red and the green lights on as though you were a big boat. Oh. But but it confuses the, the issue when you have a question of right-of-way with a big boat uh they see the red and green lights and they think you're not a kayak they think you're a bigger boat and it confuses the right-of-way um kind of instructions for what would happen next so if i'm not under power then i have the right-of-way and they have to avoid me no matter what but if they think that i'm under power my red and green lights you know the way you overtake a boat the way you go in front of a boat is all different and it can be confusing especially i mean some of the kayaks now are you know the size of a John boat. Yeah. Um, so it can be a little confusing if you have those red and green LEDs on there, on the front, you know, sure. as if you were underway. Well, any other tips that you want to, you want to share for the fishermen or for just the pleasure kayaker that you want to make sure we know about or, or 
uh, maybe the something that's secret in your back pocket, Joff, that you could tell us for a fisherman out there. <laughs> Anything that you want to share? Most, I mean, the most important thing about like going fishing is you want to make sure that you have everything you need for the day. So you want to have enough water, snacks, especially if you take kids. You want to have plenty of snacks and plenty of juices, and you want to be able to take breaks, stop fishing with kids, or even get off the water. I used to take my daughter, you know, when she was two and three, and we'd finally find the bluegill. And she's like, Daddy, I'm ready to go. <laughs> like, we, we're just now catching fish. But, you know, when she was ready, we had to go. Otherwise, she wouldn't want to come back with me next time. <laughs> um, so, you know, just a lot of that stuff. It, it's kind of funny when you, you know, if you've always fished off the bank and then you get a kayak, you go out and you cast right back towards the bank to where the you bank. stood your yeah. time fishing. So you're fishing the same water just from a different angle. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it's good to like tell yourself, well, today I'm going to try to fish a different way. You know, I'm not going to, because you, you know, you kind of fall back on what you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you're, you're fishing those same waters just instead of from the bank, you're, you're out of the water casting to the bank. Well, you can have some of that same success. As a as a bass fisherman in a bass boat, you know, in a kayak. I mean, you still fish oh, yeah. those fish the same way. They're when they're spawning, you're doing the same things, throwing the same lures, fishing the same way, and uh, it's amazing what you can do in a kayak. What I've found, like fishing from the kayak, is that you you really slow down. You know, so when you're in the, you're in the bass boat and you fish a cove and you run through it real quick, and yeah. like, oh, there's no fish here. You hit the motor and you run three coves up. But when you're in the kayak, you're not doing that. Like right. you got to load back up in the car and drive somewhere else. Yep. <laughs> so you do slow down a lot, and you you know you, you tend to hit water a lot more thoroughly. Um, you know, you in a bass boat, you might hit a cove and hit two or three logs, and then you're like, oh, there's no fish, and I'm out. And we'll see that while we're kayak fishing, and then they leave, and then you catch you know five or six fish right, <laughs> right where they left. You showed them, um, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know it does change the way you fish a little bit. Yeah, for uh, sure. But you know it's enjoyable. But the most favorite thing for me is to be out there when the sun comes up, because mm. um, there's usually no boat traffic. It's really quiet, and then all of a sudden there's noise. You know you hear. You hear birds, and then you hear other animals, and then the bugs show up, and then, but it's like the whole world comes alive. You know, yeah, it's like there's no in, sound. You know, you don't have yeah. a motor, you don't have a boat. You just sit out there and watch it happen. It's like sitting in the deer woods, waiting for the sun yep. to come up. Yep. Yep. So, Jason, I have a tip I can throw out there for you. All oh, right, good. let's hear it. Yeah, one of the things I get asked about a lot is tethers. Uh, and, and it could be, you know, that they want to tether to their paddle. It could be that they want to tether to a dog. It could be that they want to, um, that they want to tether to, to tow a child. Right. Okay. And, and there's some pretty clear rules for, for what's safe and what's not on that, that I want to kind of get out there to folks. Um, if you're on a lake, your biggest hazard is going to be things like wind, Right. So if you're on a lake, having a tether to your paddle, that, that works. That's a, that, that, that is a safety plus. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you've got a dog or a child, uh, and particularly if you're on moving water, if you're on a river, that becomes a really serious entanglement hazard that could end up drowning somebody. Um, and, and I don't know about most folks. I tend to be more cautious with my dog than I am myself. So I, I, I want to make sure my dog is even safer than I'm going to be. Um, so you really don't want to tether the dog to the boat or the dog to you or the dog to the paddle. I mean, you, and, and if you're going to be towing a child, you want to use a tow belt. So you have a quick release. 
I got you. So if you were to go around a bend and there's a strainer there and there's some kind of something happens untoward that you have a quick release that nobody is going to get all caught up in that strainer. I mean, you're taking a chance of dumping your child or, or you know, entangling yourself or entangling them. It's, it could be dangerous. I could see that for sure. That makes yeah. sense. So, so you gotta, you've got to be judicious about using the tether. Now, that said, I do believe in having everything in your boat connected to your boat. So if it flips, you don't lose it, right? But you got to kind of be strategic about that. I mean, you can use little tiny bungee cords. You tie things down. You, you use your, uh, your carabiners mm-hmm. um, but so that if your boat flips – you know, you don't lose everything. You don't, nobody wants yeah. to lose everything. Yeah. I know, Joff, have you used those like floaty things on your fishing rods in case you tip over? Yes. Um, so floats for the rods, uh, tether down my, my box for my lures. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm a minimalist as when it comes to tackling, you know, some guys will take, looks like a bass boat. You got 14 <laughs> rods and, you know, 200 pounds of tackle. I usually have two or three rods and, and a little, a little thing of tackle with me. Um, but the same thing, my, my tackle bag has a has a carabiner and it clips to my chair. Um, you know, just in case you do go over, mm-hmm. um, you're not, you know, you're not having to try to pick stuff up or if it's just gone, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it stinks and you're, you know, you're out yeah. of luck. And for so. goodness sake, make sure your car keys and your wallet and your phone are, are in a dry box and tethered to your boat. <laughs> yeah. So you can yeah. get home. A lot, of, a lot of the life vests now have a designated spot for your keys. There's a clip. You clip them in. Um, it's not dry. It's in. I mean, it's inside a pocket. If you flip over, it gets wet. But sure, you know, mine's got wet more than once, and it the key fob and everything still works. So gotcha. But it, well, I've dropped my keys in the lake and had to call my wife. Oh man, it's not, it's not well, a good night. Well, nobody, <laughs> nobody can steal your car because they're at the bottom of the lake. So you're okay. Right. <laughs> right. Well. <laughs> We're going to run out of time, so I want to make sure we hit these classes and these dates. What you wanted to promote, yes. Adrian or Andrea? Um, so I'm going to pull up the Facebook page and let you kind of start talking, so folks can see the pages and see some of these events and things like that, and how they can sign up. But go ahead and show folks how. Absolutely. To, tell folks are are about you them. pulling up the ACA Tennessee Facebook page? Yes, I am. You won't see it, but it'll be on the screen. Go ahead. Okay. So, so pinned at the top on the ACA Tennessee Facebook page is a post that has links to all the training happening across the state right now. Uh, and in the comments, I've got every class I can find with the certified instructors and, and even a few that are not certified instructors, but I trust them because I know them. Um, and, and I put them all in one place. So no matter what you're looking for in paddle sports training, it's available. Um, Joff and I are going to be teaching classes with TSRA, so I've got a class on June 5th for Intro to Moving Water. Joff has got an Intro to Kayak Fishing on June 12th. I've got a Rescue class on June 27th. But there's classes in Chattanooga, there's classes in Knoxville, there's classes in Memphis, and they will all be listed there on the ACA Tennessee page because I want to make them as available to everybody as I can. Awesome. So that's they're not at, expensive. Yeah, they're at ACA Tennessee. That's the page. But yeah, I got it pulled up there so folks can see it. And that's a good good to know. It's not expensive. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, any and other go to paddletsra.org if you want to sign up for Joffs in my classes. Awesome. Paddle, say that one more time. Paddle Paddletsra.org. Yep, paddle Awesome. Any other last minute uh, things you want to add in here before we gotta go? Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, it's been great. It's been fun. We learned a few things. Yeah. uh, But you can learn even more if you take one of these classes. Uh, So, um, 
you send me the links. I've got some of them. I'll, we'll share them out there on our pages and uh, try to get people out there and make them safer. So. Yeah, fill my classes up, you guys. I want okay. to Okay, you got it. <laughs> yeah. We'll do it. We'll do it. All right, well, thank you all for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, Don. Thanks for helping oh, co-host. Oh, you bet. You bet. And thanks to Todd for pushing the buttons yeah. and making it all happen. Couldn't do it without him. So we'll see you next time on Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.